Welcome to the Four Bridges Podcast presented by Zealous. Listen as we interview music industry professionals, tell you about upcoming musicians, and connect music lovers from all over the Bay. I'm your host, Elijah Collins. I'm a content creator from the Bay Area and the creative mind behind Zealous. This is the Four Bridges Podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Suzanne Yeda. I am the founder of Yeda Creative Digital Marketing, and we specialize particularly in, in Facebook and Instagram ads, but I, I help a lot of folks figure out this online world. I also am a lead instructor for a freelance course in Oakland, California called Optima Business Bootcamp. And uh, I'm a musician. So uh, all of those hats have uh, informed the kind of things that I can offer to specifically musicians and just creative entrepreneurs in general. Very cool. And I'm uh, Jay Koppelman. Uh, currently, I guess, uh, the VP of Digital Engineering at BeLive. I used to uh, run my own company where I did live streaming and video production for a bunch of touring bands, most notably Humphreys McGee, uh, Strangey's Incident a little bit, pretty much all around the jam band scene. And so my, my background is actually in network engineering. I worked for Cisco Systems for a number of years. And um, now I um, engineer and figure out the workflow for global live events, high-end fashion shows, pretty much anything from like a really small, complex job to anything massive and global. And it's uh, it's exciting. Right now we do all the runway. We do all the live streaming for brands like Dior, Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger. Um, but we also do smaller smaller stuff all around the country, just anything that pops up. And as we get into it, we I actually have uh, some music stuff we're working on now for exactly this conversation for the COVID-19 situation we're on. Nice. Yeah, and, and this has been uh, just a rapid turn of events from literally looking back at weeks ago, comfortably going to shows around the city to right now, being bunkered down is um, just a little strange, you know? Um, but I'm really surprised that a lot of the ingenuity from uh, companies much like yourself and musicians like you, Suzanne, who are taking it uh, to the fans, you know, by engaging with them with live streams, having conversations like these in, po- in certain podcasts, and you know really giving the uh, ability to teach these individuals that you know whatever the situation is you can engage your fans in in many different ways and um live streaming has been very vital in these last few days uh um and i wanted to talk to you both about how live streaming uh, has impacted your lives uh, prior to this, and where where is that going to take you moving forward? Well, I guess uh, I, I mean I can start. I've been um, in the live streaming space since let's say 2011. 
uh it was maybe when i live streamed my first live concert um oh man i'm gonna say it was on maybe Ustream. this was well before facebook and youtube i've been on the forefront of all this for quite some time um that was a new year's eve run at the tabernacle in atlanta for humphreys mcgee we did an eight camera live stream that i directed and live streamed uh, i was very much you know they said hey can you do this i was like yeah of course i had never done it before and uh, you know it went pretty well and since then there's been a lot of that um but yeah it's always really nice to see the fan engagement over time uh even when it was single camera stuff you could see the fans writing comments and like they want to see different angles like i would be reading comments and be like oh they want to see more drums i would switch to more drums it was just like a, a hilarious back and forth between uh the, you know production and some some just some fun energy and um since then yeah we're able to reach so many people with live streams i mean we've do we've done streams that reach and we stream a lot to apac now in china where there's a huge demand and we we could reach 15 20 million people with a live stream it's kind of insane um how has the technology changed over over time since like 2011 i'm pretty sure the camera's gotten a lot smaller or equipment has changed yeah yeah i mean the barrier to entry is a lot lower so when i first started it there were very you know the main goal was to get video and audio clean from the soundboard and from a camera into a computer to then render it onto a platform um you know phones didn't really do it there weren't a lot of interfaces for it um and now the cameras on phones are so good um you really should like plug in external microphone into your into your phone and you're pretty much there yeah i i see a lot of youtubers kind of use um this uh like splitter cables or some sort and if someone were to start today um if they had a basic audio setup how would that go and how would they integrate that into their computer you know it's kind of like what everyone's doing right now with with conferences i mean like i'm on a a blue usb microphone right now and you use a usb microphone into a computer and you can use even a usb web camera and or if if not you could use a real like a 5g or anything that's hdmi with a simple you know, black magic or Aja video adapter. And that gets you with a video source into your computer. And if you're going to Facebook, Facebook can just detect those and use them as your audio video source. Um, if you want to go a little further into like what Twitch people tend to use is what something called OBS, which is a free software, which lets you add graphics, polls, pop-ups for donations, multiple video sources, multiple audio sources. You could do a four mic input mix from instruments to microphones, like, all with just a basic laptop it's pretty uh crazy actually i just learned today actually that if you do have an audio interface and a phone adapter that has a, like a usb phone adapter you can actually plug in your audio interface into your phone so if you are broadcasting from facebook live or instagram live uh if you're spending your spare time using doing TikTok videos uh, you can actually import your your nice gear straight into your phone. I just found that out today, and I, I went to look for my little Samsung uh, Galaxy adapter, and I know that there's like a light USB adapter for iPhone. Yeah, that, and that's going to work for a lot of Android phones. Actually, some Android phones will even let you come out of your phones with HDMI video. Mm -hmm. So like as, 
as a just an HDMI source. So you can actually like use that as a camera as well if you want it into your computer. And then also they make a bunch of different uh, for iPhones and a lot of Android, uh, iPhone users out there. Uh, Apple has a, a pretty good third party market of uh, like actual instrument XLR inputs to lightning cables. So I forget now off the top of my head, I forget the brand name, but like IO gear, maybe there's a couple different products out there that would just give you actually a powered XLR source right into a lightning cable. Wow. Um, I mean, Suzanne, just like even just like a little adapter and a, and a microphone and you're pretty much ready to go. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I would encourage people, even if they're not, uh, if they don't have the gear at home, like, or if they, they, can't afford to order it online or whatever. just start with your phone like just start the, the most important thing is connecting with audiences you do want to have like good audio in order for them to hear you but um you can just start with your phone start with whatever you've got and make it interactive and make it a conversation you know put your your paypal or venmo information up there um like you can get started super simple and then, you know, just build off of it as, as you go. Like if you're really determined, you'll, you'll find a way. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jay. I was, I was going to say a lot of audio too is the space you're in. So if you're a musician, you obviously know that, but mm -hmm. you know, you might want to find a smaller space that just will accommodate the microphone, maybe a little desk and a, and your phone and, or just your phone. Cause you know, it'll really make you feel a lot. You're not as distant and it will, make you sound a little cleaner mm -hmm. i had a question from one of the um, members in balanced breakfast and they were curious about music friendly live streaming platforms and recommendations for best practices for setups and i'm pretty sure you guys like landed on a lot of the setup setup questions but could we move over to a little bit of the talk about some of the platforms that uh you use yeah i mean the first thing i um would recommend trying is Facebook Live or Instagram Live, wherever your fans and connections hang out the most. Starting with the people, like starting with whatever community you can most easily tap into. Um, I would recommend Facebook Live slightly more than Instagram Live because it can stick around and you can repurpose that content a little easier. Um, and when I say repurpose, I mean, you can download the video and upload it to uh, YouTube and it, um, it, it vertical video on Instagram doesn't um, it, it's just a little trickier to to do the other thing about um, you know I because I specialize in Facebook and Instagram of course I immediately recommend those because they're so accessible um, YouTube is also a good spot but YouTube is really more I consider YouTube more of a search engine than anything so if you have covers or things that, that people would look up, uh, YouTube is great. Um, I also have been looking into Twitch ever since the COVID-19 um, breakout happened. Um, and Twitch has the most monetization um, possibilities in it. And it's actually quite cool. It's just, it takes a lot more setup and, and you got to get really geeky and technical and you have to install this and that. But if you can cross that barrier to entry, there are a lot more like more complex things that you can do with like song requests. And if you want, if somebody wants you to 
to learn something live, they can, you know, you can have it set to, so that, you know, they pay 70 bucks or something to, to watch you learn a song live, which is totally bizarre. Not, not within the regular behavior of a Facebook or Instagram user, but Twitch is a very special platform that's all about live streaming on so many different levels. It, it started with the gaming community, but Twitch is uh, is a possibility if you can geek out over. So you're saying after you beat the immediate tech curve, that there's pretty much like a pot of uh, fans. Yes, and and Twitch also it's a bit like TikTok in that it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's I mean it's not a bit okay. like TikTok in any other way except for this. Uh, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. The discovery on the platform is still real. Like you can just go live and some strangers might wander in and tip you a coin, um, which is, which is quite cool. But also right now, I believe the market is probably going to be super flooded really, really quickly. So I can't really recommend, like if you're, if you're a technophobe, just stick with Facebook or Instagram. Uh, if you're willing to figure it out and, and uh, I also understand Twitch, you, you do need to, show up live regularly and for like two hours and like really stay there with that's like really putting in time yeah 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 yeah. with facebook though if you go on for an hour let's say you you go on live for an hour on facebook um and whether or not people show up if it's on your page you can actually put like five bucks on it and boost it to everybody who has liked or interacted with your page before that way you can cut through the noise even more and if you have a tip jar on that post and you're talking to everybody who's already engaged with you and knows you they're more likely to give you that five bucks more and back like like if you spend five bucks on an ad you will likely get see the return on that in this particular situation in this particular chaos that we're in um, I just want to re- go back to saying that question came from Charlie from the Balanced Breakfast Group in San Francisco. Uh, thank you for your question. Um, so just moving forward, it kind of sounds in a sense that Twitch allows you to promote and monetize better of these creative moments where you're just trying to uh, learn something or create and uh, practice something out. And Facebook and Instagram are more for just like, I have something solid or a little bit more concrete and now I'm ready. It's a, it's a polish basically. I would, I would say, yeah. Um, I think, I think users on Twitch are a lot more used to people just like doing whatever and watching works in progress. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't do that kind of thing on Facebook or Instagram. You could you could like yeah. put your PayPal link and say, hey, if you want me to learn a song, you know, 70 bucks in the tip jar, please. You know, you could. It's just not expected. Uh, it's not a familiar thing on Facebook and Instagram like it is on Twitch. What, how, could, how could someone promote uh, a live event uh, through BeLive or just like through any form of live streaming? Also, I mean, I'll step back and say that, like, you know, we, we've produced the events. We make sure they go on. The, we don't do a ton of the marketing that's normally on the client side. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, what you do on the digital side of it, well, if you have an event coming up on 
YouTube, you can post that event and say, hey, I'm starting an event as early as you want. Like a year from now, you could post that event, share that link around. On Facebook, seven days out, you can create the live event and pin that to the top of your page and you can start promoting it. And people click like, oh, remind me, they'll get a push notification when it goes live. Push notifications on Facebook drive a tremendous amount of traffic to the live stream. So I always recommend at least posting that up, you know, a week before, which is the, the limit. Um, Instagram is all organic. We go live to Instagram with a lot of clients. Um, that's one of our largest pushes. Um, and we actually, and then, oh, sorry, just to say one more thing, Twitter, you can actually now through Media Studio, if you have that access, you can also create tweets in advance of the, wow. with, the bro- with the broadcast. Wow. Um, but we go to all the platforms. That is our main goal for our clients. So mm-hmm. we, we have our own custom platform where we give clients very simple embed codes for their website and we manage all that experience. Uh, we also have interactive experiences where people can like choose your own view. Like let's say you had four musicians playing. I put four cameras on each person. You'd be like, oh, I really want to see what the bass is doing right now. And you could click on the video and be like, oh, cool. I have the bass camera now. Um, but then we syndicate out to all those platforms. So we stream to Instagram, to Facebook, to Twitter, to YouTube, to Weibo in China, Kakao Line, um, LinkedIn. We've been doing a lot of LinkedIn Live now. Um, we, I got, we do LinkedIn Live for, I just did one for Hyundai for their new Elantra launch. Um, we did, we've done all the Dior fashion shows we've been doing on LinkedIn Live. So it's really about finding the right audience. Like, there's a real difference between the organic, right, and paid. So, you know, we, you might get, uh, we might do a fashion show and it's get, oh, look, it's great. It's got 4 million views. But when you look at the breakdown, it's 95% paid, you know, in terms of ad, ad spends, right? So, I mean, they're happy with that because their bosses, it's a whole different workflow, right? Their bosses need to see that ROI. For you as a creator, that organic growth is really what you strive for. And I mean, to do that, it's, you know, it's notifications of trying to build your awareness of when you're happening, trying to do something scheduled. If you're like, hey, every week, I'm going to do something on Monday nights, you know? And you can you can schedule that out and share it. Yeah, having some type of subscription newsletter situation would allow a lot of individuals to be aware when when these things happen, and 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 to hit on what you just said. Yeah, definitely having a schedule. And just to touch on the, we talked about Twitch or Suzanne talked about Twitch for a second. Um, once you're able to get. Yeah. So when you move away from the phone, you opens up a lot more possibilities. So if you now have a laptop that's got your mic in it and a video and you can run OBS, let's say, even if it's just plain video on the page in OBS is actually really simple to set up. Um, You get into this world of what's called RTMP. Um, It is the basis for live streaming is essentially a URL that consists of an RTMP URL and a stream name which is essentially like the website and then the specific page you're trying to go to. And that is what makes up all live streaming. Um, so like when you go to Twitch, for instance, right? If you go into, the, it's deep, but you find the settings page in there. It says, here's your specific accounts RTMP. When you go to Facebook and you say, I want to make a new live stream, they say, here's your RTMP. When you go to YouTube, it's the same exact thing across every platform. And there are sites out there called, one of them's uh, Restream. One of them is, uh, I think Restream is probably one of the better examples. Essentially, they give you one RTMP to send video to. So on your computer, you type in this one uh, string of this one website, and then they rebroadcast it out to all the platforms for you simultaneously. Wow. And, it, okay. uh, you know, it's not, um, 
it is that next technological hurdle, but it's a way to be alive everywhere at once, yeah. basically. Restream.io, by the way. Um, and if yeah. I remember correctly, I don't know if they also bring in all of the comments from all of the platforms or do they? Some of the platforms, they have uh, analytics. Is that what you mean? So some of them, they pull in the analytics as well. You mean live I mean, comments? Yeah, I mean live comments. I believe, like, for example, somebody comments on Facebook. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. It looks like there is a chat where you can um, see if, if, if you're broadcasting to Facebook and Twitch and LinkedIn or whatever, it will bring in comments from all of them. Um, which is mm. helpful, but I haven't tried it out myself. That was the biggest concern yeah. about like uh, simulcasting on different platforms for me. And uh, I, I just looked at this the other day. And I was like, oh, maybe that's the solution. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I might I might look into that because we do a we actually run essentially a TV. It's it's called an OTT network. It's a term called over the top. It's essentially what like Netflix is, right? So it's a TV network minus broadcast tv so we actually have an entire platform that does this it's our own self-built roku apple tv android ios apps and we run it right now for the american kennel club so if you like dogs check out akc.tv that is uh, <laughs> our network and we do weekly live shows where like you can ask facebook questions and ask our our vet in the studio although now he's at home because <laughs> no one's in the studio now I think everyone's locked Every, at home yeah, right now <laughs> exactly but so what we do is we use um Oh God, I'm trying to remember. We use something called uh, blue, New Blue Titler, uh, which allows you to refresh essentially the Facebook video and it pulls in live Facebook comments or Twitter tweets or, if that's correct, <laughs> our tweets, I guess, uh, and actually superimpose that on top of the video. I think OBS has something like that as well. So we take live Facebook questions and we put that into the, into the actual production of the workflow. Um, again, we have a little insert studio in our office with six PTZs, uh, wireless IFB, wireless mics, a full control room. But, um, you know, on a smaller scale, you can do this so just, you know, on your laptop. It's pretty crazy. Rough entry level understanding of what is simulcasting for those out there. Um, yeah, so it's just like taking your one video source and broadcasting it so uh, to as many places as possible. So um, it just lets it will basically just streaming to many places at once i guess to simplify it down i mean that's great <laughs> uh suzanne um have you been able to uh sell anything or or is just are you are you more on the or have you been more on the ability to just connect uh with your fans through these last couple of weeks yeah yeah so uh i went live probably the day after all events were canceled in San Francisco. So what I have is my EP. I've got a five song EP and I've built this thing over the course of the last, probably the last year or so to have it so that when somebody signs up or sends me a tip, I can send them my five song EP for free. And it's, it's a part of an email sequence and they can either do it as a pay what you want, or they can, they can choose a monthly referring tip. Like I've, I've done some fancy things. You don't have to do that kind of overkill. It can literally be a paypal.me link or your Venmo. Um, but I just like to be able to offer like, Hey, if you, if you send a tip at any price, uh, let me send you an EP for free. Plus there's some bonus tracks you can't hear anywhere else that aren't up on Spotify or anything like that. Um, what I did was 
I created an ad with that link and I had some copy, uh, I had some text around, around it saying, you know, I'm a, uh, I, I'm this kind of artist and, and this is what I represent and, and got to the mission behind my work rather than just be like, Hey, I'm a musician. You should support me. It's like, what I, what I want to do is to liberate people and like to get people to think deeper about their, the world around them. Plus, I, I happen to be an LGBTQ artist, and so I, I mentioned that that's that's a high importance to me is is making sure that we've got equality here. Um, in that copy, then I say, if you want my album or if you want my EP, go ahead and leave some leave me a tip, and I'll send it to you right away. Um, I probably put ten dollars on that ad, and I only advertise to people who have interacted with me before, so people who know Little Spiral, Little Spiral's the my singer songwriter name um and i was astounded uh probably 10 bucks and i got one 50 tip one 20 tip and a bunch of little ones and fives um uh, so i probably made like i don't know not not quite 100 bucks but about that just just for 10 dollars um wow so you're so you pretty much you created this whole entire ad and yeah and just paid paid itself oh yeah back. it paid itself back like tenfold so like <laughs> yes it is definitely possible um and i'd also say you know speaking as a facebook and instagram um specialist right now is probably the best time to advertise on facebook as as long as it's as long as whatever you're talking about like the the text on your ad is specifically about like the coronavirus and how this is mm-hmm. um this is you know your your gift to the world or this is a pleasant distraction or uh you know or you wrote a song about it or anything like that um mm-hmm. yeah so leaving it open for people to give to you i would start with people who already know you in some way so the easiest way mm-hmm. would be to to boost five ten bucks on a boost just to people who like your page um that's the easiest way the more complex way is you know you get people who've ever interacted with instagram and ever acted with um your facebook ever rsvp to events ever people who signed up for email list and visited your website you can actually get those people into an ads audience and, and talk to them again it just is a lot more complicated and you'll have to like go through training to, yeah. to, to figure out it. No, no, no. I mean, uh, just for everyone out there, it just seems like a segmentation. Yeah. You know, you're just going through your segmented groups and you're just filtering through and letting and alerting them that these things are going the, on. The idea of warm versus cold audiences. Right now, we got to rely on our current relationships because I think people are starting to get the, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, compassion fatigue, which... Um, mm-hmm. you know, a stranger out there might love your music, but as soon as you hit them up for money, they're like, yeah, you and everybody else, kid, you know? Uh, so <laughs> it's important to start with your current connections to find, and, and I wrote, I wrote up this in the article that I posted, um, on Medium, which is called, um, how musicians and other creatives can transfer, uh, transition their businesses online agency. But we had to start with the people who you've 
you know, I would check your email outbox and see who you've talked to and sent messages to in the past like six months. I'd check your DMs and see who you've been uh, having conversations with in the past six months and kind of cultivate and re-engage with them and strengthen those connections. Um, so rather than begging, you just say, I, I, you know, released a new video. I went live, um, here, go, go in and watch this. I'm really excited about this new song that I'm working on, or, or I finally went live. Here it is, you know, and when they come to that video, they can see the tip jar and they can volunteer to contribute or they cannot. Like, I think right now it's important to recognize everybody is hitting a certain level of compassion fatigue when um yeah. when all musicians everywhere are kind of out of work right now so connecting with your current fan base and in doing activities that will grow that fan base but we can't we can't ask new folks quite yet and hit them up quite yet for money um quite quite yet yeah but like how could you bundle this uh conversation um for for me it's kind of like a one-two punch like you have one campaign or one outreach or one some some strategy to get the new people in the door and then a separate campaign or separate strategy to keep people in the door and engaged Mm -hmm. so for for me i can uh, invite strangers to come sign up for my EP. Like I can put samples of my EP and I say, if you want this for free, you know, you can put in $0 and I'll ship it to you for free if you like what you hear. Um, and then during that campaign, I'm sending out strategic emails to warm them up and to get, get them to know me. And I've got some like behind the scenes stories and some, some, you know, things behind the songs. And so I'm, cultivating them to get to know me on a deeper level throughout the delivery of my EP. It's like one email a day for seven, seven or eight days actually. So I have a completely different, it's a completely different ad. It's a completely different. And I, of course I'm thinking ads, you don't have to like do a proper paid ad. It's just something different that you're sharing out that introduces people to you before you ask them to break out their wallet. Mm-hmm. so there's like two, it's a one two it's like a you get the new people in the door and then you have a follow-up uh uh strategy series series of things a series of yeah series of strategies planned yeah. out to like kind of keep them keep them in and I, I i completely i completely agree with that you always need new engaging stuff for your existing audience and you know new things that are catch someone's eye for the trying to grow your audience and for us for us really we're really right now focusing on taking what that in-person event would have been and trying to recreate that digitally so right now we have a lot of interest from uh, conferences uh, tech companies who were doing in-person meetings to show off their products or or you know we're working we do a lot of work with Carnegie Hall so right now they're trying to figure out how how do we utilize our mass network of musicians to do live uh, either live performances, live Q and A's or do actual like lessons over digital market. And we're working on a campaign with them now. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to, 
to actually grow from the force to be digital. Like there's, you know, maybe there's an artist who you really like to, you didn't think you could ever collaborate with because they live in Iceland. Well, reach out to them, find a time zone that works where you're both awake, but you know, you can do a collaboration. It's crazy. Like, so some of the stuff that we're working on right now with Garnier is like really famous musicians who they thought it'd be cool to get in the same room who live on different continents, who never show up to New York at the same time, or they're going to start trying to work, put them together. You know, it's going to be cool. So you were saying earlier um, that the uh, Carnegie Hall and everyone um, that you have collaborated with has the ability to um, promote some of their uh, material on, on the live stream. So I was just wondering how, how has that been beneficial for Carnegie Hall and places like that? And how could a musician, Suzanne, you can chime in on that of just like taking that same information and yes, yeah, so I guess similarly it. how you used to I mean, you know, you used to sell tickets to shows at your shows, sell your albums, sell your merch. So like, you know, things like Shopify think that will actually like integrate directly with Instagram will let you sell merch right on Instagram. Like it will, you know, it's what you know, it's what you should have been working towards anyway as a musician. Because the audience, that's where they are. And that's where, you know, microtransactions in video games and in apps are where it's at. If you can have an item you sell for 99 cents that makes you 75 cents or is a digital product that makes you all the 99 cents, like that's someone's very willing to hit a button as long as it's easy and spend 99 cents. So like that's why things like Shopify, like I have a little fan page where I take pictures of my Funko Pop toys and like, I set it up on Shopify and Printify. So Printify will let you make a product of anything. Uh, cups, shirts, hats, koozies, like anything from any picture. And people can buy it. They print it and ship it. And you just make the leftovers. All built in through Shopify and Instagram. It's actually a crazy world. Yeah. Uh, similar to that, there's a lot of print on demand. I actually use Kunaki k-u-n-a-k-i.com for my cds and i don't have to print anything in in before like it's all hooked up with my system somebody can order my cd kunaki will ship the cd to them and then um pay me the difference um, if, if you set it up in a certain way like yeah um so kunaki and then i also have a, a lyric and poetry book so um and that's through lulu.com which again, they will print the books on demand, ship the book to the customer and then cut you the check for the, the, the balance. Um, so for that and, and integrating it with live streams, okay. um, I could sing songs from my album and then have an order form that points to that and they can buy it straight and I don't have to touch nothing. Um, I can read from my lyric and poetry book during the live stream or at the end of the live stream, give that little call to action be like, Hey, I've got these t-shirts. If we got, if you're going to print to buy or print for whatever, um, here, I've got these t-shirts. Um, I, they are for sale and you really support me if you do this. Um, yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like you don't actually have physical merch right. on you at, uh, yeah. at your house at least yeah i mean i have a, a little bit I, I ordered some from kunaki and lulu just so at for shows so i have a few that are here but i don't have to 
go lick a stamp and walk to the post office in this time of quarantine. I could just do um, aim people that way. I was just say, yeah, I mean, there's, you don't need to have inventory and that's like, that's one of the barrier to entry. You know, if you need to sell a hundred, if you wanted to sell a hundred shirts at a show, you had to go pay for a hundred shirts. Now you just have to pay, you know, you have to, it's the, your labor to set up that infrastructure, which you could find guides to, and just, you know, the process, they'll walk you through it. And then a lot of those services, uh, Suzanne can probably talk to this more, have a monthly recurring cost or maybe a per transaction cost if you're not set up. So, I mean, some of them might, yeah, go ahead. It's per, like, say, if I charge $10 for my book and Lulu, it takes $5 for them to manufacture it and $2 for them to ship it then they keep that seven and they cut me a check for three. So I get to set the price. They've got a, a rock bottom, like here is how it goes per, per item. Here's what we're going to take. And then you can adjust your margins accordingly. That's pretty cool. Okay. Has, has collaborating been easy for either of you? I know I do want to say that this has been an amazing talk and this has been an amazing collaboration, but has collaboration been harder with uh, working with other businesses and or uh, other musicians? In the context of live stream, it's a very interesting technical challenge to do a collaboration and live stream it. So like, I can't, you know, if I'm a singer and I want my bassist and drummer to play with me and we're all live streaming, it's a very hard challenge. It's, it's possible with certain apps that I'm not familiar with, honestly. I know it's possible somewhere, but it's very hard to have that, like the, the latency is an issue. So if I'm singing and then the, the drums kick in, it's just off timing. So a collaboration musically, is difficult unless you're passing files back and forth. Um, and then for live streams, even with like an interview or something, I think honestly the best tool if you're doing like interview style live streams remotely and you wanna blast it to Facebook Live and you wanna blast it to YouTube Live, um, Zoom actually does a, a fairly good job of that um, on the paid tier, I think the fifteen dollar yeah. a month paid tier. But um, as far as collaboration, like in in the context of live streaming, it is a difficult, surprisingly difficult problem with the with the more mainstream, like consumer facing live stream. Yeah, we platforms. we are uh, exploring that latency issue right now, and um, there's a couple of things we use that are fairly real time, which actually. In, in my world, we, we talk in the milliseconds in terms of delays. So like to see something like, you know, under 500 millisecond delay, which is a half a second, um, is pretty much as best as you're going to get. Um, it actually also depends on, you know, region. I was talking about collaborating with someone across the world and, you know, a New York to Chicago collaboration is a lot more likely than a New York to London collaboration. <laughs> Distance actually matters uh, when you're talking at these latencies. Um, I, my, my background is actually in network engineering, in building like global networks. So like, my, yeah, like I know way wow. too much about how the internet works and the physical hardware that runs it and how it's built. We used to, you know, so like that's, I, I left my desk job at Cisco to tour and make no money with my band as a dream job in my early twenties. So like that's, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, this cubicle life is like tough. Uh, it's stressful. I want to go tour for four or five years and burned out my twenties. But um, <laughs> so yeah, that was, 
it, it's a, it is a, it is an interesting struggle and, you know, things will only get better out there, but yeah, collaboration musically is tough. Passing back files, you're right, is a, is a good way to do it. Um, I know that as again, even I'm not familiar with some of those apps. I remember like, I thought there was like a garage band esque uh, app that kind of lets you do that a while back. And then on your business question, collaborating with businesses, it's actually interesting because we run our platforms completely self-built and modular and completely white labeled. So like we work with a lot of companies who are like, we have, we're just, they're trying to come up with stuff. So, you know, someone today was like, Oh, we're mm -hmm. pitching, trying to do like a virtual prom. I was like, Oh, well, and just like when they said that, I was like interesting. And then I, off the sudden, I was like, "Well, what do they do?" I was like, "Well, you could have a DJ in the live stream, and people could vote for song requests." You know, so like someone could be DJing the prom, and people remotely could be on, on, you know, on camera. You could ship everyone a little box with like a punch mix, and then we're gonna have their own bowl of punch. And you know, like it's just you gotta get really creative. This and, is yeah. I was just about to uh, say this sounds like it's they're going above and beyond to really make this uh special <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's just uh it's interesting because it's a lot of companies who were very resigned to just having in-person events and that's all they reached and they're the companies we used to court for live stream we were like oh it'd be so cool to turn this into a digital thing and now it's the only option so we, we just talked about collaborating and i think commissioning work is also important being like uh, hey, I, I'll, hey, I like your band or hey, uh, I want to write for you or some, some sort or what, whatnot and producing and teaching and all those things. So or my question is just based off of the conversation that we just had about collaboration, um, how could you uh, commission work uh, past, past this, um, uh, this virus? If we're talking about the music itself and like writing custom songs for people, um, that that's one thing. There's or there's like um, writing commercial music or or sync licensing or or things that are kind of written to spec, um, which has always been a very interesting um, income stream for me. Uh, so. Now that musicians have a lot more unexpected time on their hands, supposedly, I mean, I don't, but some people out there do. Um, uh, I think this is a good time to reach out to people who you know have some certain, like a special anniversary or a birthday or a commemoration. Or I, one thought is like, there's a lot of weddings now that are being canceled or delayed. And so one way to offer uh, some extra income would be to write them a custom song for their relationship for for the the wedding so that they have at least something to kind of mark the moment um if it's not a big party or maybe it, maybe it is maybe it's a zoom party but uh, reaching out to people and, and commissioning like work on that angle um and and there's also um a lot of uh, there's just there's a lot of opportunity that's always been there but we've been kind of so busy booking <laughs> and touring that we don't get to sit down and go oh actually there might be a, an even more lucrative income stream here because i wrote um two valentine's day days ago i wrote um a, a custom song for husband and wife and um you know that paid 500 bucks for it and i'm like hey cool 
I made, I made more just doing that one thing and it wasn't complicated. I didn't have to like go to a studio or anything, all home studio. Um, it wasn't complicated at all. And the song kind of wrote itself as I interviewed the wife and I made more with that one thing than like if I were to play a number of gigs. Taking that ingenuity and using it in a positive way that, you know, for these two individuals is really <laughs> special. So that makes their, um, that makes them love you even more or, you know, they, 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 they want to help you out or even more. Um, I know we only have just a few more minutes here. Uh, I just wanted to give some links out to the listeners that during this time, uh, ASCAP mm -hmm. has a mental awareness program, so you can take a part of that. Uh, Music Cares is also a, another resource uh, that is helping out musicians during this time. Uh, those who are those who have families who have individuals who are affected by the virus and those who are affected by the virus uh, petitions and everything else will be in the links below. Um, and for you guys, if you want to take this moment, this is your time to shine. Give everybody, uh, uh, you know, let them know where your website is, where your social media is. Um, this is again, this is your time to shine. Uh, yeah, so if you want to, well, first, if you, if, if you want my free EP and want to check it out, um, you can go to tips.littlespiral.com and you can tip a big <laughs> fat zero and I still want to give you my free EP. So go for that tips.littlespiral.com um, and you can also just kind of check out my system because I kind of, it, it is a bit much, you don't need... <laughs> You don't need the full uh, thing, but you can kind of check it out. Um, and then as far as uh, Facebook and Instagram advertising if, or, or just uh, general business guidance in general for independent artists, um, I do have resources and training for freelancers um, as, far, as part of my uh, work at the Optima Business Bootcamp. So um, if you are in the San Francisco or Oakland area, you can go to optimabootcamp.com and we are doing um, remote training for um, freelancers. I teach the Oakland um, class. Um, and then if you wanted to um, get more in depth on Facebook and Instagram ads or digital marketing in general, uh, you can book a free call with me at yadacreative.com. That's Y-A-D-A creative.com. And uh, yeah, again, I'm Jay from uh, BeLive. I just want to say, Suzanne, I just donated, tipped you a dollar. It's very easy. Oh, and uh, <laughs> you even offered me a physical CD. Not sure yeah. how I would play it, but I, I know I, I really, some people are old school I really, and, and I totally got two orders. So people do want the physical CD. And I, I mean, I, I still, I still buy vinyl. So if it was a vinyl, maybe. Um, vinyl, <laughs> you can't quite do print on demand of course, quite yet. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so just to get back to me, I guess uh, the the website's uh, blive.nyc, and uh, you know the things I mentioned. You know, we're a little more higher end in terms of production value, but we work on low scale too. So if you have an event that's Maybe it's a sponsored event or maybe it just maybe you're trying to reach like multicast or simulcast to a lot of, you know, group. Let us know. Um, you can check out. We have a ton of work up on our site of things we've done. Um, and um, 
man, what else do I just want to say? And also just, you know, if you have, we're, I'm, I'm personally, I like to just help people solve little problems. You know, we get people who call all the time who just like, oh, I want to do this. And I'd be like, you know, really that's not, it fits what we do, but I send you some links to some OBS guides or just like some small technical things that, that are good. Uh, one of the things we're doing right now for this remote telepresence thing or conferences, virtual conferences, is we're actually sending out little Pelican kits. So it's like a Pelican case with, um, like a Pixel 4, a, a tripod stand, mm. um, a, a sure microphone, a lighting panel, and essentially a video studio in a box. And we also, with that, we send like a second phone that's either a backup or like an IFB monitor so you can be talked to and have two-way communications. And in that box, we use a bunch of different technologies to get the video back to our control room in Brooklyn. Uh, but one of them is a thing called is a like essentially a couple different products have it. One of them is called LiveView, and it's actually it aggregates your 4G and your Wi-Fi. So let's say you don't have a solid Wi-Fi connection. Um, this aggregates both together. It's a little more resiliency, and then it lands back in my control room where I can actually do like a switch and a live directed produced feed of whatever event you have. So we're doing um, lots of stuff like that. Like we're sending out. Um, like five kits to a TV network uh, coming up this week who are wanted, they're doing an at-home like cooking show, let's say. And uh, so we're not doing it live to public, we're doing it live to the producers so they can make sure they're saying the right thing, make sure they've covered the right topics or take, do that mm -hmm. take again. Like, so there's a lot of little things um, you can do with just a, you know, yeah. a phone, a microphone and a light is a really increases the production value. Um, you know, and you can buy those kits. You can on this on the low end uh, if you're looking at for Android phones, like the Pixel 3a. It's like a $300 phone. It has a headphone jack and USB-C jack, a really good camera. You can put down a, together a whole lighting audio kit for like five, six hundred dollars, like, and have a little studio. It's you know, it's not. Uh, Rode makes a bunch of good mics that really, you know, it's unfortunate for <laughs> unfortunate, but eighty percent of good video is good audio. <laughs> you know, so as a musician, you know, uh, having just a dedicated directional mic makes a big difference. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to thank my guests again for appearing in this episode. Be sure to check us out at zealous.com to listen to our archive and visit us on social media at Four Bridges and Zealous Music. This has been a Zealous production. Remember to support a local business and join us next time.